From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., last week saw a lot of activity in the Republican-controlled state legislature. In a surprising turn of events, lawmakers did not repeal Democratic Governor Tony Evers' statewide mask mandate. The Senate supported a resolution earlier in the week to eliminate the mask order, but then it ran into roadblocks in the state assembly. The Legislative Fiscal Bureau issued a memo reminding lawmakers that Wisconsin could lose $49 million a month in federal food stamp money if it repeals its mask order. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says the item is on hold for the time being, but his chamber could take up repeal of the mask order this week. Why do you think Voss hit the pause button, as he put it, and what do you think will happen this week? They slowed things down to make sure there are no more unintended consequences of trying to overturn the governor's public health emergency, which is the foundation for the mask mandate. Um, Senate Republicans, they pushed through that resolution to overturn uh, the health mandate and the the mask ordinance or requirement. They didn't realize that that also would put this uh, federal funding in jeopardy, these enhanced food set benefits. So the assembly is going to take some time, make sure there's nothing else that would surprise them if they did this. Now, one of the Senate's fixes or attempted fixes was to add a provision to a separate bill that would deal with COVID-19, saying the governor could uh, issue a public health emergency, but only to qualify for the federal funding of the food stamps uh, program. They think that, or their argument is that that then puts the onus on Evers that if he vetoes that COVID-19 bill, which includes a string of, uh, can we call them poison pills, that things that the governor's not going to want to accept, that if he vetoes that bill, then he's the one who's going to be blamed for that money being denied. Other people don't think that's the case, that Republicans rushed this through, that they're going to take any blame for it. And two, there's also an argument that Governor Evers could simply issue issue a new public health de- declaration. I mean, that's the thing about this whole process. We haven't really been through it before, and it's not clear like what happens if Evers just the next day after this is overturned issues a new one. We're all waiting for the state Supreme Court to weigh in. Remember the court heard arguments, I believe in October, about whether the governor had the power to issue multiple public health declarations stemming from a singular pandemic. Uh, Until the court weighs in, we could have kind of an interesting standoff between the governor and the legislature going forward where the legislature overturns a public health declaration and he just issues a new one. And until the court weighs in, we don't really know for sure whether he has the power to do that. Do you think a decision from the Wisconsin Supreme Court is imminent? I'm honestly, people are surprised it's taken this long. You know, it's been several months since they heard oral arguments in this case, but the court, the court basically acts and the court wants to. Uh, there's no deadline for it to issue a decision, so we're all just waiting patiently for that decision to come down and give us more clarity what the state law says. Also last week, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss raised some eyebrows when he appointed himself to the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, or WEDIC, Board of Directors. This isn't unprecedented, as other legislative leaders have appointed themselves to the WEDIC board as well. But one major company in WEDIC's purview is Foxconn, and Voss lives in Racine County, where Foxconn is located. Do you think this will be viewed as a conflict of interest? Oh, I mean, you know, other leaders have done the same thing. I mean, 
Voss is giving himself a another platform to try to put pressure on the Evers administration over the Foxconn project. Remember, Robin Voss is a champion of that project when former Governor Scott Walker signed the deal, which really was unprecedented in state history in terms of the uh, tax uh, credits that Foxconn could earn if it met the hiring goals. Uh, the, the plant has so far failed to meet the terms of that original deal in, in, in the idea that it was going to be a Generation 10, they call it, uh, plant making these really big flat screens. It's scaled back plans for it still, you know, adding jobs that hasn't qualified for any credit so far in terms of the job creation. But this is a platform for Voss to put pressure on the Evers administration to say, hey, you know, he thinks that they should be a champion of, of Foxconn. Uh, the Evers administration has been trying to put pressure on Foxconn to do a new deal, arguing that the company did not live up the original contract that was signed by Scott Walker because the idea behind those generous benefits was that doing what Foxconn originally said it was going to do, these really massive flat screen TVs, was going to be a transform transformative presence in southeastern Wisconsin. It wouldn't just be about the Foxconn plant, but all these kind of uh, spinoffs or, or uh, related companies that would be there trying to do business with Foxconn to produce these massive flat screens. That's not happening so far. So Foxconn can still create, you know, a number of health, a healthy number of jobs in the Racine area, county area, but so far it's not having that transformative impact. Uh, but, you know, people like Robin Voss still want to see it succeed and are championing, champ, going to champion what it could be. Uh, the Evers administration said it wants, it also wants it to succeed but also wants it to succeed more on its terms, i.e. sign a new contract to reflect the reality of what you're doing in Racine County rather than what you had promised to do several years ago. And finally, Wisconsin Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson presided over his final meeting as chair of the Homeland Security Committee last week. A new chair will take over now that Democrat Joe Biden is president. In his final remarks to the committee, Johnson said he agrees with Biden and that the country needs to heal and unite. Johnson's departure as chair of Homeland Security served as a reminder that his Senate seat is up in November of next year, and it sparked more speculation about his future. Has Johnson given any more indication recently as to what he might do? No. He said basically that he, uh, while people may be in a hurry to have him give them a decision on whether to run, he's not in a hurry to give it to him. So Ron Johnson is um, kind of marching to beat his own drum is not really uh, going to be pressured or feel pressured by Republicans in Washington, D.C. But, you know, his decision is kind of the key cog in a lot of things for the 2022 election cycle because there are a number of Republicans who are looking to run statewide. And if he do if Johnson doesn't run, they'll jump into his seat. And also don't forget, you know, Ron Johnson once had promised he was going to serve two terms and that was it. So you have one, whether he's going to break that pledge, two, is he prepared to raise the money, do things he's going to need to do to run a successful campaign? Because he really didn't fundraise uh, the last couple of years. His fundraising operation has not been very dynamic. His poll numbers weren't that great. The Marquette poll in 2020. There are a lot of things he needs to do to kind of get ready if he is going to run. Now, he is. He does have personal wealth. Um, he is a bit of a national figure. He can raise money quickly if he wants to. But it's not going to be necessarily an easy path for Ron Johnson if he seeks to run again. That's WizPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.